0: is the post-game podcast on the blood red channel bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box the dugout and
1: the stance hello and welcome back to the latest edition of the post-game podcast from the blood red channel with me your host edward k tonight we'll be bringing you jürgen klopp's press conference as well as ian doyle's verdict from the ground and of course plenty of fan reaction following tottenham hotspur 2 liverpool 1
2: well, it's all over here. Tottenham Hotspur and Liverpool's long 19-game unbeaten run has come to an end as they were beaten 2-1 by Tottenham in the Premier League here on Saturday evening. And if you think that that summed up the game, then you got another thing coming. Basically, this was a game that will be talked about long, long after Tottenham's wild celebrations at the final minute at their uh, late winning goal have dissipated. Uh, and we basically we'll just start from the uh, from the beginning. And uh, Liverpool. He made one change from the team that uh, beat West Ham At home in the uh, Premier League last weekend uh, That was interesting because it saw Cody Gakpo, he uh, was given a start Up front in place of Darwin Nunes who was on the bench And also on the bench was Trent Alexander-Arnold Who was making his comeback after having missed The previous four games uh, Through a hamstring problem And to be honest Liverpool started pretty well Tottenham obviously uh, playing at home They've had a good solid start to the season Under their uh, the new regime And Liverpool, though, had the first chance. It was Cody Gakpo, it was, who, uh, who forced a save from Spurs goalkeeper, Vicario, and uh, basically the Tottenham goalkeeper then saved the follow-up from Robertson. Liverpool, well, not exactly being on top, they did quite well at that point, and they were more than in the game, and then things started to move away from them. Um, just after the half-hour mark, or sorry, just before the half-hour mark, when Curtis Jones was sent off, this was the first of many decisions that a lot of people found a bit contentious during the game. Uh, referee Simon Hooper... Uh, He'd initially given a yellow card when Jones went in for the challenge with Eves Basuma, Tottenham midfielder, and he was then Darren Darren England, the VAI, uh, ref, told him to go and have a look at his you know pitch side monitor and the interesting thing is that when you watch the incident to full speed both the players going for the ball Curtis Jones gets his foot on the ball and his foot then rolls over the top of the ball and it hits Basuma on his shin studs first so from that point of view yeah it was quite clearly a foul probably yellow but that was the correct decision but when you saw it in slow motion and when the referee went over and looked at the screen it was seen as a freeze frame, in which it looked like Curtis Jones was deliberately stamping on Bissouma's shin. So it didn't take the referee very long to change his decision and uh, basically give a red card for Curtis Jones. So Liverpool were down to 10 men. Tottenham then went ahead um, shortly afterwards through uh, through Helming Son, uh, who likes a goal against Liverpool. It was set up by Richarlison, who got in behind Joe Gomez, who, by the way, was otherwise excellent. Low cross, and Son put it in. Uh, Liverpool, though, equalised... Four minutes into uh, first half injury time it was a good goal as well Dominic Sobersly, who you know he's made a, a habit of uh, contributing for Liverpool and he's quite a driving force as we've seen from these opening seven games in the Premier League season at least puts a diagonal ball to the far post Van Dijk heads it down back across goal and Gakpo takes a touch on his chest turns and, and blasts one in from pretty close range um, Liverpool deserved that uh, but what did also happen in the first half is Liverpool, when the scores were level, uh, goalless I should say, um, Liverpool did look as though they'd taken the lead when Salah played Diaz in and he took it into the bottom corner. Now straight away the linesman put his flag up and at the time you thought well that was probably offside. Saw the replay and we only saw one replay in the press box and I don't know whether or not that was the same for anybody viewing at home but I've got a feeling it might have been given the fact that VAR had a very quick look at the decision and went oh yeah that was definitely offside and they cracked on and we looked at it and went looks onside and obviously as the game progressed on social media there were images were taken and I know some other broadcasters where they were having a look at it so by the time the game's finished um, it was pretty obvious that it was onside and funny enough as Klopp was you know, talking about it in his press conference just shortly afterwards when Klopp was still up and he was discussing other other things the PGMOL they came out and said yeah it was a significant human error and the goal should have been allowed that's you know Klopp said well, that's no consolation for us. Basically, you know, it doesn't help us. And he pointed to an error, that, a similar error that had happened earlier in the uh, season when wolves weren't given a, a penalty against Manchester United and ended up losing 1-0 um, so there was that uh, second half Alisson Becker made two good saves at the start of the second half from Son and from James Madison he had a good game and then the longer the game progressed obviously Tottenham were always going to be on top due to their numerical advantage and you could see that from certainly that's to say the start of the second half but the longer the half went on the more that they seemed to struggle and you know ran out of ideas and Matip and Van Dijk they both really stepped up heading a lot the way getting a lot of blocks and Liverpool will kind of become a little bit of a threat themselves until Diogo Jota, who replaced Gakpo at half-time, he gets himself sent off. First was a bit of a soft one on Destiny Udogi. He possibly caught him but it did look as though the player the Tottenham player had fallen over his own he's fallen over his own legs tripped himself up but then there was no excuse of what Jota then did a minute later he's obviously was a little bit annoyed or certainly was just battling for possession and he overstretched caught the same play when they were battling for the ball on the uh, touchline and was given a second yellow and, and then a red so Certainly, from the, the point of view of the second yellow, there couldn't be any complaints. Although the first one was a bit iffy, so Liverpool were down to nine. And, and anyone who knows anything about football knows it's very difficult to defend nine against eleven. The Reds were on the back foot. They made quite a few, you know, quite a lot of substitutions from that point on. Um, Alexander Arnold came on, Endo came on, Gravenberch came on, um, and they were just and Kanati came on as well to to help the defensive effort. And they just looked as though they'd just seen out their game, run out of ideas, and then. You know, Porro gets a, the ball on the far right, uh, gets into the area, which in position he and others have been in many, many times during the game, blasts across, low across the, the you know, six-yard box, and the ball just takes a bobble as Matip's about to clear it. It hits him on the, I think it's just above his ankle, or just on his ankle, and goes into the roof of the net from about four yards, nothing Alisson could have done. So, you know, Tottenham celebrated as if, you know, I mean, I know Liverpool scored a late winner against Tottenham, uh, last season at Anfield, which was celebrated you know pretty well, but this was of another order. It was almost as though Tottenham had, had I'm not going to say won the league, but it was a little bit over the top. And I think it was probably more relief than anything else because they, you know there were people walking out with about two minutes of the normal time to go, and I'm thinking, where are you going? You know, There's got to be loads of injury time. They still won all, but that did show that they'd lost a bit of patience in the team, and Liverpool had managed to to do that to them. Uh, but you know, Klopp spoke after the game. He said that. He's very proud of the team And he's, he's right to say that as well Because Liverpool You know they Once again show character But You know I think Liverpool They'd had four players sent off In nearly five years Before the start of the season And they just had four sent off In seven Opening seven Premier League games Now They're not a dirty team And you could kind of argue against three of the four. In fact, one of them obviously got overturned, the Alexis McAllister one, against Bournemouth. But they're not giving themselves much of a chance if they're going to be playing so many times without uh, the full complement of players. So that's going to be tr- trouble for them. But then again, you know, it's not really helping them much if they're having perfectly good goals disallowed or chalked off. And then they're getting apologies later on in games where, the, uh, where they got beat, where the goal would have been quite handy and would have probably changed the course of the game. So... I think overall, while it's disappointing for Liverpool that the you know unbeaten run has come to an end, Klopp himself said he'll take an awful lot of positives from this. And while it won't feel as though Liverpool are on the right track after you know the sore, they'll be feeling sore after this defeat certainly on the on the, the journey back home. I think the away fans they could recognise what the players had put in. They knew that the team had done well. They knew that they were right to feel aggrieved at some of the stuff that had happened, and. I think Liverpool just have to make sure that they're not sidetracked by actually losing the game because they've got another big game coming up next week in the Premier League at Brighton and they could have gone top if they'd won here today with Manchester City losing and all it's done is basically given everybody a reminder it's going to be close at the top but also anybody watching this game will no doubt say that Liverpool are far better placed than Tottenham to actually have a crack at challenging Manchester City and Arsenal with the top two last season but overall disappointment, a lot of... Not so much angst, but certainly a reason to be aggrieved. A little bit of disgruntlement, but no reason to feel downhearted. Liverpool have lost two one, but they can take an awful lot of positives from this game.
0: The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.
3: I really don't think there's anything to say about the offside goal. I knew it, in, I knew it. Half time, I, I, in the first moment I thought it's clear offside, but then it is offside. I so tried to think they have a better view. Half time, we knew. Um, with normal normal pictures um, easy to see no of that but i'm pretty sure that whoever did that, made that decision um, didn't do it on purpose it didn't take extremely long to be to come to the conclusion that's a bit strange but that somebody else has to has to clarify that i have nothing else to say about it
2: but, but no explanation from i don't know
3: you- how can, he, how can the ref explain the situation here? So the, the linesman thought, obviously, it's worth watching, looking again, and that's why he raised the flag. Um, in a good old times, a, a, a linesman should have seen that as well, that this is no side, because you had these situations quite frequently. And when you see it back, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Um, but again, nobody did it on purpose, so I cannot. Again, whatever I say here, it just uh, creates headlines but doesn't help the situation at all, so I'm not in that mood.
2: And just in terms of performance, I
0: imagine that's one of the best you've seen from...
3: MVP. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, told the boys directly after the game, I'm super proud, super, super proud, um, I think especially with ten men, um, they were really good, really good, did everything what was necessary, um, Really well, and on top of that, we were really dangerous. We, we created still, so that's that's good, top for us. Um, yeah, I I've yeah. red card for Curtis. Probably everybody here in the room thinks it's a clear red card. I see that yeah. different, but just because I played football and most of you probably didn't. Hit full full power on the ball, rolls over the ball, and then hits the, the, the decisive part of the leg. Um, when you see it in, in, in slow motion, it looks horrendous. Or I think when you see it in real time, it's 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 not even close to be that bad. So, but there's a red card, so yeah. but Curtis didn't do it. Anyway. They're not even close to on purpose. So it was, for me, it's really important that nobody starts thinking oh, we have so many red cards, so we are a, a, a kicking team or not. We don't. So the, f- the first red card from Alexis was not a red card. We had to play already with. Six, I don't know how long without ten men. Second is for a normal foul, I would say. Uh, third is now for that situation, um, mm. and the fourth I will never understand. How many games can you remember? Eleven v nine. Uh, do you watch? Oh, I watch a lot of football. It just doesn't happen that often. And we are not. We were not in the game, and, and we are kicking Tottenham players. We are trying to play football. We defend it, yes. But the two situations, the first I think is clear, not a yellow. Yeah, and the second, then I, I didn't see actually back, but it's not important. But if the second first no yellow, then it's the second a yellow maybe, and then it's still we still play with, a, uh, with 10 men. So that made all, everything difficult. But the boys made really the most of it. It was incredible mentality we showed. It was second to none. Never saw something like that. That's top, top, top. And now people might think, because of this um, very, very unlucky, <laughs> oh, God, oh my God, um, that we didn't get anything out of the game, I see that differently. I think um, I learned so much about my team, much more than we would have won here and in amid a bad performance. It was a really outstanding performance in a specific way. We didn't get any points of it, but we will use it anyway, that's the plan. Biggest problem of the game, to be honest, and that's the next one. <laughs> before Cody Gakpo scored, uh, did he get a yellow card for that foul? The guy who fouled Cody before he scored, we get a free kick, ball in, but then we scores. He got injured and he is now with a brace, limping down the corridor. So that's my biggest problem, to be honest, in this moment. So we lost two and maybe the third player. Really bad, really bad. Um, so yes, that's something we have to deal with, obviously.
0: Yeah, do, you, do you feel that maybe referees shouldn't be allowed to see replays in
3: slow motion because? I think it's not really not too important. what I think about it because my thoughts will change nothing. But I, if you. If you look at it, and I think we agree all, it looks completely different. So the game is in real-time, but we judge it in slow-motion. That makes not too much sense in the first place. Uh, And still, if they wouldn't use slow-motion, I think we would still not agree on a majority of the situations. (laughs) It's just a different view. Um, Yeah. It's really not my subject today, honestly. It's not my subject today, so... Um, whatever they do, they try to do it right, I assume. But on that, to the offside, but PGMOL have just released a statement saying it was a significant error and a factual error. Does that Who does that help now? We had that situation in the Man United game, did Wolves get points for it? No. no. We, will not, we will not get points for it, so it doesn't help. I think the, the, what everybody wants, that... Nobody expects 100 per cent right decisions on-field, but I think we all thought when VR comes in, it might make things easier. I don't know why the people in the VAR are they that much under pressure. Today the decision was made really quick, I would say, for that goal. Uh, um, <laughs> it changed the momentum of the game, so that's how it is. We scored that goal, it was top, 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 yeah. outstandingly well played. In a game where you don't get a lot to feel better, so and then boop, you make know, like that. That's a super important information. That's how we can hurt them, that's how we can beat them, stuff like this. So it was uh, super difficult. But the boys dealt extremely well with it. The killer of the game was the second the second red card and a lot of other decisions. The ball Mosala wins back on the other side. I will never understand how you can how you make a foul of that. That's football. It's fantastic, high press stuff like this. Player goes down. Yeah, we went down against Leicester. Nobody whistled, and they scored and they scored a goal. Um, so these situations, too many of them, where you think that's football. Why would you do these kind of things? And um, I know it's really difficult for the referees in a lot of moments. Um, I don't I didn't know, but he should blame the ref for the offside goal, that's absolutely not his fault. Eh? So, but for a lot of other things, he's not out of responsibility, I would say. But that's it now, um, how I said, we didn't get a point, I think that would have been that what we would have deserved, didn't get that, um, but I got a lot out of that game and I will, I will help the boys to feel that as well and, and to go from here. Sound last
2: one, that's one.
3: Yeah, possibly. I don't know. He, he wore a brace, he did. He scored a goal afterwards, but after that shot, he felt it even more, obviously. And it was from um, the foul, rather than Yeah, from the foul, of course, before.
0: The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.
1: Well, defeats don't get much harder to take than that at White Hart Lane. An absolute sickener for Liverpool to concede in the 96th minute with the Matip on goal in what had been a really heroic effort from Liverpool down to 10 men and then 9 men against Tottenham for massive periods of the game. But ultimately, they just succumbed to, to Matip getting his body in all the wrong shape as the ball come across. And unfortunately, the ball then goes into the back of his own net and... Some of the rearguard actions, some of the way that Liverpool played, some of the individuals and the collective, really, the way they went about the tactical elements of the game when they went down to 10 and then 9, was outstanding in terms of how to manage them situations from the manager and the set of players. And that'll be a real sucker punch, a real sickener for Liverpool to take in, in the, the way it turned out and the manner of it. Um, one thing you would say is that Liverpool have started the game pretty positively had the better chances within the game. I think Curtis Jones pressing as part of a front two almost the times when Tottenham were trying to build up into the sort of midfield of the pitch was creating situations where Liverpool could win the ball back and get into some dangerous areas. I thought the tactical setup was really good in that sense against the Tottenham side, who had been confident coming into the game. And you could see through Basuma in midfield, a player who were really trying to progress the ball through and a player in massive... Amount of form and a high level of technical ability to be able to move that ball forward as well. But I thought Liverpool garnered some success from the way they went about it early and potentially could have been in the lead with a better final pass, a better decision in that final third. But then, obviously, the key moments of the game came with Curtis Jones's red card. And listen, people say that this decision is a poor decision. However, in the modern game, there was no question when I seen the replay that it was going to be given as a straight red card. This idea that people will say, well, he's got to go in for the ball, he's got to go in and win the ball, he doesn't have to go in and win the ball. That—that That is the, the situation that the player finds himself in. Jones has got a decision to make in that moment in time. He can either delay and hold his position, decelerate and accept that Tottenham have got a, the ball in a pretty unthreatening area and are probably going to recycle it or he can try and win what is probably a 50-50 ball or 60-40 ball, whatever it is, by attempting to, to jump, attempting to jump into the, the situation. I don't mean physically jump, I just mean jump at mean jump a unit of the team to apply pressure on the ball. And by doing so, what he did was he stretched for the ball with his studs forward, and unfortunately, in making contact with the ball, he also rolled... His foot over the ball and made contact with the shin of the Tottenham player. And it ended up being a it, it, there's no question, it's it's a leg-breaking challenge. Now there's no question that Jones doesn't mean it, but intent is not a factor in the modern game in terms of the rule book. The fact of the matter is, Jones, once he's made that decision and he's going in aggressively with force to try and win the ball, outstretching, it takes it out of the control of the player. Incidents like that, unfortunately, can happen. And he doesn't mean to do it. It's by no fault in terms of anything that he's tried to do the player or, you know, commit a serious foul. Not at all. He's just going in to try and win the ball. But unfortunately, because of the movement and the momentum of going forward, outstretching for the ball with the studs, and the fact that the, the, the foot then rolls across the ball, he, he endangers the safety of the opponent. And that is the modern game. And, you know, you'll, you'll find people coming on the TV... And referencing, well, I don't think it was. But the simple fact is, they're not doing the research on the the rules of the game at this moment in time. And Jones does not have to. If I hear that Jones has to go in for that ball, he's only looking to challenge for the ball. Absolutely. But he's got a decision. He can hold. He can go about it a different way. He doesn't have to apply that pressure. He doesn't have to outstretch. And ultimately, that has led to the sending off on a red card. Not because he's meant it. But that has been the outcome because once you stretch, once you make the calculated decision to try and win that ball and unfortunately the ball moves slightly or the foot goes on top of the ball and it ends up with your studs in the position that he was, it changes the outcome of what can happen. And unfortunately it changes changed the outcome of what Liverpool could conceivably do within the game. And so even, even with that said, however... I felt Liverpool did magnificently with 10 men and they really had an opportunity in my mind to actually, as silly as it sounds, still go on and win the game much like they did against Newcastle. I know they were preparing Darwin Nunes before they went down to nine men and I was so frustrated at times when they got the ball in good areas in the final third and just didn't have the quality to provide the final pass to the the on-running player or the moving target that they had because they got into good areas, Tottenham were not managing the game effectively whatsoever, and it was allowing Liverpool opportunities, few and far between, however, but still allowing them opportunities when they could potentially hurt Spurs. And then comes the second incident, which Jogo Jota ends up getting two yellow cards. Now, the first one, I just thought, was a a certain yellow card when I first watched it, because I felt Jota's took one for the team, he's seen that Tottenham are making a counter, He's got caught the wrong side of the ball, and simply what he's tried to do is make his movement across the the on-running to- Tottenham player towards the goal to be able to trip him up and, and concede a foul in a non-dangerous area and basically slow the play down. Now, I haven't seen enough of the replays to suggest whether that is the case or it isn't or whether the Tottenham player's t- clipped his own heels or whatever it may be. Either way, obviously the ref may or may not have made a decision or may, uh, made a mistake on that one, but I think watching it initially on the TV screen, I mean, it just looked a straight yellow card and, and as I say, Jota had sacrificed himself in that moment. Now after that, however, what comes after that and Jota's decision, it's totally unacceptable as a professional footballer. You cannot react in the manner that Jota did a couple of minutes later and put your teammates in a situation where they are then having to play out the last 20 or 25 minutes, whatever it was at that stage, with 10 men, it, with nine men, sorry, it's it's just totally unacceptable lack of professionalism, and I think it's one of the worst things a professional can do because basically you're just hanging your teammates out to dry, totally unnecessary, caught in the heat of the moment, diving in, lunging, uh, yeah, it, it, if he, if you're a teammate of his, he's got some apologising to do in the dressing room with how that game's turned out. Because realistically, it not only stopped Liverpool potentially getting three points with a smashing grab, but also put them in a situation where now they've ended up losing all three points and, and playing out in a situation that no team should ever have to defend against with eight outfield players and a goalkeeper. So for me, the big loser from today's game is Diogo Jota because that is totally unacceptable. Now in terms of the rest of the Liverpool performance I was massively critical of Jürgen Klopp last season I felt some of his coaching decisions as good as manager as he's been as good a coach as he's been and one of the elite tactical managers make no mistake in Europe for the last few years I felt that sometimes at, at times Liverpool were, were absolutely all over the place both with and without the ball last season and arguably before the change in system and the, the, the towards the back end of the season where they gained some stability I thought Liverpool were one of the worst coached teams in the Premier League last season which is an unbelievable thing to say but one thing I must say is that was excellent tactical management when Liverpool went, especially when they went down to nine men. The narrowing of the pitch by bringing the three players inside and allowing Tottenham to have, well, limited space in the spaces that they realistically wanted it. So the, the space was in bet- uh, on the outsides of the central midfield players in the half spaces. But Liverpool's ability to shuffle and provide pressure on the ball, cover and support... Was ideal, really, because what it did was it chewed on Tottenham into areas where they couldn't get a direct shot at goal because bodies were actually getting in the line of the ball and forcing them into as many non-dangerous areas as realistically you can with nine players, eight outfield players, and of course Liverpool was still indebted to Allison again with two magnificent saves. I, don't, I can't say anything else about this player. I seem to mention him every single week, but that was always going to happen. I felt for the large majority of the time, Liverpool actually coped very, very comfortably. With what Tottenham had to throw at them, and that's why the end result and the way it played out were absolutely sick in Liverpool. Of course, will Try and take the positives from the game and in how they performed and how they hung in there. But right now, that won't be much consolation. But yeah, I felt that Liverpool in the way that they set up tactically, I felt it was really, really positive from the manager. I felt good changes at key moments. Just a little bit for me, I think. One thing I was slightly disappointed about, as I've mentioned before, was Liverpool's use of the ball in the final phase. I know it's not easy, I know legs are tired, but at times just that little bit of quality to be able to find a player and place someone in. And right at the end, Ryan Gravenberch in the corner. A little bit of of professionalism, a little bit of know-how, he's in the corner... You don't keep the ball in the corner. Try and knock it off one of the defenders. By time, he tries to wriggle away, turn a player. And all of a sudden, he's out the game and Liverpool having to recover the position. And ultimately, that's what led to the ball being shifted wide. A ball then coming into the penalty area, which Matip can't can't source his body shape out in his feet. So that, they're lonely little details, but they are big details. You know, you've always, you'd also had an opportunity after that where one of the Liverpool players could have potentially made a foul in the middle of the pitch and stopped Spurs' momentum at that time and trying to overload and be in a situation where they could go from back to front quickly while Liverpool were recovering. So ultimately, absolutely sick in an absolutely sickening afternoon, I think one of the worst parts is it didn't give you an opportunity to see what level Liverpool currently are at for a longer period of time because... I think that was developing into a really interesting game and in Liverpool's favour, potentially as well. So, yeah, tough one to take for Liverpool today. The post game
0: podcast on the Blood Red channel. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's 2 1 loss in North London. I, I'm, first thing I want to say is that I'm annoyed about a lot of things today. How can Tottenham celebrate like that at the end? Like they've won the league? I think. Hostakoglu got it right. Sort of a a modest celebration, if at all. They got the three points. They should be happy with it because Liverpool made it tremendously difficult for them. The officials made it pretty easy for them. But you you can't beat nine men until the 96th minute, courtesy of an own goal. I'd be embarrassed to celebrate in the way that Son and the rest of them were at the end there. Anyway... um, what a crazy game, and, and and what an effort, you know, by the players that remained on the field. They almost they almost came away with it. I've supported Liverpool for long enough and seen enough success to never be happy with a draw. I've never uh, that I can remember anyway. Never been happy with a draw in the Premier League anyway. But I would have taken that as soon as we went down to nine men. I certainly would have taken the draw, and it looked like we were going to get it um, before it all started to go wrong. I think Spurs were not quite up to the pace of our passing. And we looked as if we were going to just nudge ahead in terms of uh, dominance. Uh, we looked strong. And then the Curtis Jones incident. This is a difficult one. It's, it's not really objective. I think opinions come into this. But it seemed to me like... Enough of the ball was involved. And by that, I don't mean he got the ball, therefore it's no foul. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying enough of the ball was involved to redirect the foot in the challenge. And therefore, the ultimate contact was worse than it looked in the sense that it it wasn't intentional. The, The contact that looked bad was as a result of Curtis Jones' contact with the ball. He just rolled on and, and into into the ankle of the player, and yeah, it was it, ultimately it was a it was a nasty looking challenge. But I think yellow was enough. I didn't think red was quite justified. Uh, and then the Diaz goal. and this the first thing that struck me about all of this is that they made the decision very quickly, and we didn't see the lines, now by the time you hear this, you may have seen the lines, and it may be conclusive one way or the other. But here's my theory as I speak, like, you know, five, 10 minutes after the final whistle. I think there was probably a mix up in communication between the referee and the video assistant referee, giving a goal when they actually hadn't yet reviewed it properly. Because it was too quick, the decision was made too quick particularly given how close it was. I haven't seen the lines. And I now have, in terms of offside, as I've said before, perfect, you know, I've got total faith in VAR's ability to make the right decision with offsides. But I don't think VAR became active. To the naked eye, Diaz looked onside. Not just his boot, but the shoulder. If you drop the line down from the shoulder, to me... He still looks onside. I think we'll hear more about this. The officials were poor anyway. You know, I think it wasn't a dirty game. It was feisty. It was uh, hard fought. But the number of yellow cards given, that in itself is not a problem, I think, for the officials. But I don't think the referee had total confidence in his ability to make the right decisions as the game went on. Jota sending off, and not a problem with the second yellow card, that was certainly a yellow, but it was barely a foul for the first yellow card. I mean, there was an accident, if you look at Jota's eyes, he's not trying to trip him up. But But there is contact, he catches him, and then because of the contact, Tottenham player's leg bumped into his other leg and he fell over. All right, free kick. Okay, but it's not yellow. Uh, and then, especially with City having lost earlier in the, in the day. You know, it's a late finish here in Singapore. I'm speaking to you at 2.42 in the morning. I was all ready to go to sleep, perchance to dream. But yeah, we've had that rug pulled from underneath us. I think we saw plenty of battle, plenty of fight. It was really good to see the players on the verge of what would have been an heroic point. I really feel for Joel Matip, he's a big boy. You can see beyond the initial anger and frustration, he, he wasn't quite ready to take the condolences of his teammates, he was, all, he was already over it. He was already a big enough boy to, to deal with it. He'll be back and that won't be an issue. I remain confident that we can do good things this year. At Galasahi on Twitter, G U L A S A H I.
1: You've been listening to the post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel.